I will love thee, my Savior, it is now. Once again, I want to thank God for everyone here. Thank God for your sacrifices. Thank God for your love. Thank God for being faithful custodian of God's presence. Brother Ernest and Brother Nee, just stay around there with me and just play something. I'm yet to find in Holland a people like this. I'm really surprised. You know? I've never had reasons to go and change my shirt until today. Never in Holland. Never. <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. You know? But Pastor Farai, very, very, very wise man. Yesterday, I didn't know. He just told me, he said, Pastor T, maybe you should come with another shirt. You know, and indeed, huh? extra shirt so that in case you need to change because you sweat a lot. And I, I, I really got there and I took an extra shirt because I'm not used to it. And then my wife said to me, I think you should take an inner shirt also. Oh, I said, wow, thank God I have good people around me. Because what sense will it make to change the outer shirt, I don't change the inner shirt. Because even the inner shirt is more wet than the outer one. You know? And I thank God I did. When I took off the shirt and I put on a new one, I said, wow. I remember everyone in this place. I said, wow. I've not had reasons to do this. Because until I met you, until I met you, it means a lot to me means a lot to me. I honor people who honor God. I love people who love God. I love people who, if people have to leave, I don't have a problem with that. Because, come on, from 11 in the morning to 11 this evening. And most of the faces I saw 11 o'clock, I still see now. Oh, my God. We supply all your needs according to his riches. In Christ Jesus. I saw your heart. I see your heart. And you are not even sleeping. I never caught one person sleeping. And asked my wife, trust me, I can figure you out. I see everything when I'm preaching. Yes, my wife will testify. Not one person did I see. Maybe you are very, maybe you slept in the spirit. You know, then I, can't, I couldn't see you. I thank God for Pastor Farai. Thank God for his wife, Pastor Pussy. Thank God for all the leaders. One thing the Lord has taught us, my wife and I, is to be grateful. You may carry anointing, you may carry grace, you may carry power, but if you're ungrateful, you are a victim of the end time. Because the Bible says in the last days, one of the characteristics is that men will become ungrateful. So no matter what the church has done, what the pastor has done, what people have done, they will say they were not there for me. And don't be angry, don't be sad. Just know that it's a confirmation of the end time. It's a confirmation of scripture. When I meet with people who are not grateful, people who don't, who, who with all you have done, you spent your life, you spent everything so that they become what God wants them to be. And you don't even expect a thank you. But what you get is condemnation, slander, pain, don't get worried. It's a confirmation that we are living in the last days. Just pray for them. 
So we are really grateful to all of you. All of you. Everyone. Everyone. Peter, my dear friend, God bless you. I've met so many friends here today. Kena, Peter, Onu, Pascal, Ernest, Gilbert, Chidema. Mention them. I can go on like that. Yes? Gilbert. Niyi. And the ones I don't know their name yet, you are reaching in my heart. And the heart of my wife. Eh? Adesua, Hans, Mareke. All of you. I mean, all of you. I will spend this evening mentioning your name like Paul does. You know, scriptural, Paul will say, greet Farai for me. He did so good for me that, greet the house of Onesimus. Greet Olu for me. He, that's, that's, that's a gratitude. That's a heart of gratitude. Paul will mention people. The people who do him well, he mentions their name. Those who do him evil, he mentions their name also. Alexander the Coppersmith, the Lord will reward him according to his work. Demas, having loved the world, he has departed from faith. When the pastor said that today, they say, Pastor, why are you why did you say that? Paul said it. Those who did him well, he said, Greet Euphorias and what? Our husband and the church in their house. So greet them. So you see, gratitude is, is part of the characteristics of men who live under open heaven. Men who live under open heaven, they have reasons to be grateful for everything. Even what you don't expect them to be grateful for. You know, you don't expect pastor to be grateful for that little thing. They are grateful. But men who can't see it, they can't see open heaven. Even when you give them a car, they say, why is it not a Jaguar? Why is the color like this? They have reasons to complain. But I want to say to you, I am grateful. We are grateful. One thing that kept ringing in my heart, even as this, as I saw everything, and I whispered to my wife, my best friend of many years, you know, I just whispered to her. I said, I, I will not take this for granted. In my heart. No, I didn't say that to you. But in my heart, I said, it's as if I said it to you. Because you are so close to me. I think I said it to the Holy Spirit. I said to the Holy Spirit, I, I, I won't take this for granted. I take it seriously. I cherish this relationship. I cherish everybody here. All of you in this place. You don't know what you mean to me. You, you mean the fulfillment of scripture. You mean it is possible. There are men who are still hungry. There are people who are still hungry. You mean to me that there is hope for our generation. You mean when I see the commitment of how people are working and serving the Lord. Tirelessly from yesterday. Supporting the servant of the Lord. I feel as if I'm living in the Bible. I feel as if I see the Bible becoming flesh. I see the word becoming flesh. When men do the things of the scripture, that is when the Bible says the word became flesh and it lives among us. How does the word become flesh? It becomes flesh when we do what is written therein. Praise God. This, this part I feel the Holy Spirit wants us to deal with tonight before we go home and rest and come back tomorrow for the second scripture. We've been dealing on Ezekiel chapter 1 since yesterday. And there are two scriptures the Lord gave to you. Isaiah 45, right? We'll come back to that tomorrow. That's for tomorrow. Don't miss it, please. Amen. You know, we've been, we've, what the Lord has been doing is clearing the ground, opening our eyes. So tomorrow, the Lord will be dealing with us on divine principle for supernatural harvest. Oh, amen. Because when we have, been, we have been cooked and prepared, then we can begin to plant. Then we will begin to reap. 
Can I hear somebody say amen? But tonight as we conclude this session, there's some part that I have to skip because the Lord has done many things already. But the Lord said to me, share with my children on what I call the restoration of open faces. You know, we've been looking at why, what causes open faces. We have looked at four things out of the seven the Lord gave to us. And I know that God has blessed this house with a man and his wife, people who are serious with the Lord. More things will be revealed to you. You know, what we just did was just to, you know, uh, like the children said, put your right leg in, put your left leg in. I take everything seriously and shake it a little bit. So what we just did was to just turn it around a little bit and the real thing will come when Pastor Farai begins to take us deeper in the knowledge of God's word. So some things that we skip, God has already prepared him to deal with those things. But tonight we talk about open faces. I don't know if you know this song. Oh God, hear the cry of your people. Do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know it? You know some part? Oh, do you have it on the Bima? I'm not sure. Oh, great people. You know, I just feel at home here so much. have to be under pressure because you, when you see the way people are looking at you, you dare not make a mistake. You dare not do what, even when the Holy Spirit is talking, say, Holy Spirit, these people will not accept it. Hold on, hold on. But I feel at home here. Do you know it? Okay. Oh God, hear the cry of your people. Oh God, as we call on your name, oh God, come show us your mercy as we pray. Yeah. will you take one mic? Oh God, hear the cry. You can sit. You can sit. Oh God. As we call on your name, oh God, show us your mercy. Come show us your mercy. As we pray, as we pray, as we pray, as we one more time. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15. Mm. The restoration of open faces. Oh 
open heaven, open faces. But we all, with open faces, beholding us in the mirror. That's not where we are. I'm just reciting verse 18. The glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image. From glory to glory. Even by the Spirit of the Lord. But let's look at verse 15. Verse 15 is critical for me. How do we become changed? How do we get to connect Mama Pussy with these open faces? How do we leave the realm of closed faces and get into the realm of open faces so that we can say, I am sure, I am certain, the veil is gone. The veil is taken away. The veil is gone. I can see. I can see. I can see. But even unto this day, Brother Nii, play that bass. I want to hear it also. When Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Yes. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Lord said to me, What will restore our open faces? Number one, is a deliberate, intentional determination to turn to the Lord. It's not the laying of hands. Because hands can be laid on you and legs laid on you. But if you fail to turn yourself, if you fail to look away from the realities of the world, from the physical things we are talking about, if you fail to look away, oh, I am afraid to inform you that the laying on of hands and the fasting will be in vain. The position of God has not changed. He said, I saw the Lord. He is seated. So that means God is here. But you have to have a deliberate determination to say, no, I have been looking in this direction for too long. I have been expecting for too long. No wonder the, the, the psalmist says, I will look up to the hills where my help comes from. The problem is we have been looking in the wrong direction. He said, the veil is there. Nevertheless, when Tokbeagbano shall turn, to turn is not just to, to, to rotate. To turn is to make up your mind. And say, no, I'm not looking this way anymore. I turn. I'm not turning to any man. I turn to the Lord. I'm not turning to any pastor. I turn to the Lord. I'm not turning to my brother who lives in America or my sister who is working in Shell. I am turning to the Lord. 
And what I'm looking for from the Lord is not money. I'm not asking him for blessing. I'm asking him, take away the veil. In fact, it is an automatic process. The moment you turn, the veil gives way. It is not what you need to pray about, dear brother. What is your name, sir? Raymond. Brother Raymond. It's not what you need to intercede and say, The moment you turn, just by turning to the right direction, the veil falls off. The scale drops. Every limitation is gone. Oh, you say, no, why I don't want to go is because there is a kind of prayer I want to be hearing. That kind of prayer that fire, fire my enemy. Thunder, thunder my enemy. Scatter, scatter my enemy. That's why I'm not coming to church. Because I want a kind of prayer. Sorry tonight. That prayer, that thunder prayer has been being prayed for years. It has not thundered anybody. It has not killed anybody. It has not fired anybody. Die by fire has not killed anybody. Brother, stop wasting your time in all this spiritual murderous prayer. And just do what? Turn. Lord, just turn me. And can I tell you something? The turning cannot be done by the Lord. The turning. Somebody said the turning cannot be done by the Lord. Until Samuel turned, I told you in the afternoon, God was there. Eli was there. He was in this direction. Until he turned into the right direction. I said, speak for your servant here. The Bible said, the Lord stood. Say, yes. You have turned. Sometimes you are expecting pastor to turn you. You say, pastor, some of us, we even live in sin and we get angry with pastor. Say, Pastor, if you are if you have if you have called me before you before if you have called me like yesterday around five o'clock, maybe I would not have fallen into that sin. You are not serious, you have not turned. Amen. When we turn, when we what? When we turn, the turning is, is not the responsibility of any man. That's why Jesus said, if any man will follow me, Matthew 16, let him deny himself. That is the turning process. That is the turning point. Let him pick up his cross. Sometimes we deny ourselves, but we don't carry the cross. Let him carry that cross and then follow me. Because Jesus knows that the weight of the cross on you will not make you see brother Pascal who is talking about you. The weight of the cross will keep you in the direction. All you are thinking is when do we get to the place? You are not thinking of who is wearing high heels. You are not looking at who is wearing braids. Brazilian wax or Jamaican wax. You are not thinking of who is wearing anything. The weight of the cross is upon your shoulder. And you are saying, Jesus, I have turned. I have turned unto you. I have denied myself. I have carried the cross. Under open heaven, I am following you. What we see to the restoration of our faces.
turning to the right direction. Exodus chapter 3, from verse 1. A personal determination, my sister, to say, I've been looking in the wrong direction. I've been seeking for love in the wrong places. I've been going after wrong things. I've been trying to satisfy my internal desire with the wrong things. I heard about a man who is rich, so rich, yet something inside is empty. Something keeps driving you. You see yourself being abused. You see yourself being trampled upon. You keep going in that direction. The Lord is saying to you, your faces are closed, but tonight I'm going to turn. I don't need anybody to preach further. I have made up my mind. I turn to the Lord. How much do I need to hear before I turn? I have had words, I have had words, I have had words. And I have waited for somebody to come and what? No. Enough is enough. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. The way you handle what does not belong to you determines what you will experience. The priest of Midian and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Can you see? Pause for a while. Time is running. Oh God, grant us there is a time where we, our wristwatch is eternity. Nothing will stop us again. Time will be suspended. That's in heaven. I can't wait to get there. The man was a priest. He was a priest, my dear sister, Jethro. And when Moses, the man with the calling, came to him, Jethro said, I am a priest, but we are not going to serve in the temple. You know, some of us, when we say, yes, I know how to preach. So, pastor, just put me among the preachers. Pastor, Pastor Farai, you know, when I was in my previous church, I had some dealing with the Lord. And I was the one handling this on the school. And God told me I'm going to be a leader of great power. So, Pastor Farai, I think uh, I will function very well in the leadership. And then, brother Moses came with the anointing and the passion. Do you know, even in the process of fulfilling his ministry, he has killed somebody at this point? And uh, brother Jethro said, welcome, Moses. He said, yes, I need to be with you. You are a priest. And God told me I will be a priest also. He said, is that so? Okay. There is no place for you in the temple. You go and start taking care of the goats, the sheep. And can I tell you something? That's one of the worst places to be. Because goats don't give you notice before the people. They just, as they are going, they are dropping. And you as if nothing happened. Until you can undo nonsense. You cannot undo the real things of God. He said, me, I don't take nonsense. Ah, God is looking for those who take nonsense. He said, you know why I don't join the choir, Ernest? Because I don't take nonsense from no man. How can all the young, young boys in the choir begin to talk to me? I don't take nonsense. God is saying, if you cannot take the nonsense, you cannot function in my presence. You cannot function in my presence. So the man said, okay, sir. I was following what? Good. It was only what? And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Goats are not the best thing to take to the backside of the desert. 
desert is a place where you don't find grass. It's a dry place. So what this man was looking for, he wasn't looking for grass. Because if he was looking for grass, he won't go to the desert. He was looking for grace. He kept on going. Let's go. I'm sure even the animals were wondering. We have never come here before. What are you looking for? He came to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God to Horeb. He knew inside. His heart was burning. There is a place beyond the desert. It's called the mountain of God. Can I tell you something? He would not have discovered the mountain of God in the temple where the prophet called priest Midian. He would never. It is the nonsense that you are calling nonsense that will lead you to his glory. The things you say, everybody in the church, they lead prayer. They lead the word. I look at brother Sunday. When did he come? Look at brother Pascal. When did he come? And he's now doing many things. And they just put me, they put me to be to be cleaning the toilet. You never knew that right in that toilet, the word of the Lord can come to you expressly. And your life will change. You never know that the things that will transform you forever may be in that toilet. This man was leading the goats. He said, no, there is no food here. He said, keep going. He said, ah, but, but Moses, he said, keep going. Let's go. I'm looking for a place. Until I find that place, I will not go back. Today, I must find the mountain of God. Today, that is a place called the mountain of God. That mountain of God is not in Amsterdam. It's not in Den Haag. It's in places we least expect. The backside of the desert. The place we call dry places. The place we call nothing good can come. Sister, maybe that brother coming to you does not even have a bicycle. And for you not to have a bicycle in Holland, that is a problem. Because bicycle of 30 euro is there. And the brother does not have a bicycle. And the brother is telling you, sister, you know, I feel in my heart that God is saying, you say, this desert, you this desert, what are you saying? Please, 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 one more time. If you come here again, I will call the pastor and call the police at the same time. says pee pastor police if you refuse to leave you say god told you told you what where 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 are those brothers with cars that god is sending this one that does not have anything to me ah sister you may be missing you think it's a desert you may be missing a man who is already located at the backside of the desert you say this one, this one, this one, this one. Look at him. He's looking for paper. He's looking for paper. No, 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 no. He's not looking for paper. He, he carries the presence. And while you keep going and looking down on him, you may not know that following him will bring you to the back of the desert. Because you need to cross the desert to get to the back of the desert. And when you get to the back of the desert, what do you find? The mountain of... All the things we are doing here this weekend is to find the mountain of... A mountain, you only need to have a deliberate, intentional determination to turn. Go on, brother. Verse 2. You know, Ono is my assistant pastor. Because if he's not projecting it, how do we need it? 
But it's at the backside. You see me on the altar, but somebody's making this work. And God will give him a reward. The same reward God is giving me is what he will give him. No, listen to me. Don't say amen. It's not amen to him. I'm telling you, it's not amen. Pastor Farai and Pastor Bussy are here preaching. Yeah? Listen to this. They preach every Sunday. You think it's glorious. It is by the grace of God. You that clean the toilet, in the last day, we will stand before God. God will not put Pastor Farai and Pastor Bussy in a mansion and put you in a boy's quarter because you clean the toilet. The same gift God will give to him because of his faithfulness is what God will give to the usher at the door because of his faithfulness. What God is looking for, listen, whether you are a bishop or a, 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 a apostle or a prophet, whatever you call yourself, I don't know. It's good to have title. I don't have any title. Call me Tokwe. Do you understand? Whether you have a title or you don't have a title, I am standing here as long as I'm faithful. And this brother who is standing with the camera is faithful. When we get to heaven, we will both collect the same gift. We will, go, we will both hear, well done, faithful, not faithful bishop and faithful cameraman and faithful usher. All of us, we will come to a point of equalization. We will come to a point of the same, the same. And it will be, well done, thou, faithful. And Pastor Farai, I know you are a man of humility. Why God is saying that you will see your drum and standing beside you, both of you nodding your head at the same time. Because both of you are servants. So what we keep, that keeps me humble. That keeps me focused. That keeps me, I don't, nobody carry my Bible. I carry you guys. Honestly. But when we get to heaven, we we'll stand before the king. And then, the brother you least expect, you will be shocked that some people in the church that you least expect will even get God's attention before you. Who is the bishop? He will say, bro, which people what? You come. I saw your tears. I saw the days you were praying. I saw the days you were at the centrum, evangelizing in the rain, in the sun. And pastor was in the room there, cousin with his wife and going for dinner. You were in the rain. You were in the sun. Come, my faithful servant. Come, 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 come. And in the crowd, that little boy will jump up and will be coming to the altar. And some bishops will be angry. Some prophets will be angry. Some people will be angry. And I will see the father say, oh, you slow of heart. Didn't you know that when I called you, I called you to faithfulness, not to drama. Why did I say, what am I saying? Be faithful. Be faithful. Whatever you are doing, under this open heaven, nothing is little. Nothing is big. Nothing is too much. Don't come to a point where you say, that is not for me. I have outgrown it. People of God, I still take joy to arrange the church. See, to arrange the chairs. I was there. A brother told me, Pastor, I don't want to see you arranging. I said, Brother, you want to deny me of my blessing? I said, I am here. I have prayed. I said, let us do it together. He said, Pastor, he was stammering. I said, praise God. You stammer. I'm not saying that pastors should leave what people can do for them and begin to do what they cannot do for them. Pastor, brothers and sisters, they can arrange the church, but they can't pray for you to receive a word from God. Lock up yourself and receive a word. 
and let those who can arrange arrange and let everybody function in their own place so don't don't wait tomorrow and say pastor that pastor said all of us will arrange the chair no 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 no, no. I, I had just one pastor and said don't do for don't do the things that others can do for you and leave the things that no one can do this word i received from the lord i've been teaching the whole week not even my best friend irene could receive it for me when they gave her her own and she saw in the paper that she's going to preach i said i can't help you i can't help you you have to receive your word from the lord she will do she will say tell me i have not even holy spirit has not spoken i said he will speak oh tell me tell me and and then pastor farai made it more difficult when we got the second program and they increased it from 60 minutes to second speaking 30 minutes and pastor farai said yo pastor mrs will speak two times is it okay my wife said say no say no uh, I said, I will say, okay. So I said to him, I said, get to the place of prayer because it's good for me that my wife is looking for the Holy Spirit to speak to her. So she started praying. She was praying. Oh, praying. When I come close to her to kiss, it's not time for kiss. I have to wait upon the Lord. Sometimes the reason why you kiss, 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 no, no, no. He said, my husband has not kissed me today. It's because you are not taking your spiritual responsibility seriously. When the work becomes serious, you will not remember when last your husband kissed you or not. And brother, kiss as often as possible. It's your wife. Verse 2. Somebody say amen. You know, in the presence of the Lord, that is what? And fullness of, and it's right. And what you have, pleasures forevermore. So when you come to church and you cannot be happy, something is wrong with the church. You should go home happier, because the Bible says laughter does good for the heart. A merry heart, when you are laughing, it's like good, it's medicine. So as you are laughing, you are receiving healing. God is clearing your lungs. God is clearing your soul. God is putting new life to your marriage. When you get home, grab your husband and kiss him. Don't wait for him to say, my husband has not kissed me three days. What are you waiting for? You are counting it. You go to him. One day we'll come and have couple's time. Yes, Somebody say, hopeful heavens. Now let's come back to Moses. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame. Of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed and Moses said look at what he said I will now the bush is burning look at me this is where we miss it you have not even seen the manifestation of God. You are already running. You have only seen a burning bush. You failed to turn. Just God just used one small miracle through you. Ah, you say I'm not evangelist international healing miracle crusade. 
Why God is just calling you to a deeper? He's just calling you and saying, look at me, Marieka, look at me. The bush, the burning bush is to get your attention. So that you can what? Turn. It's not to make you go and start a ministry. It's not to make you now become a counselor. Say now, the way God is using me, I, I need to start something in Wakhan again. Because God is using me here. No, 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 no. You need to pay attention to what God is saying. You need to understand his mind. He saw the burning bush. He had the angel calling. But he had to make up his mind. He, he said it. You know, this, is, this has gone beyond the realm of thinking. See, in my mind. He said, and Moses said, I will now turn and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burning? Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he what? When the Lord saw that he what? I can't hear you. When the Lord saw that he what? To see. He turned to what? He didn't turn. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. All he did, Pastor Olu, was to see. All. Can't you see? I think the simplicity of heaven's demand is what confuses us. The simplicity. What the things that God is asking for are so simple that we become so confused. We want complicated things. If I come in here tonight, you are no, you are not like that. But if I come in with a robe, I put black, blue, green, I put a cap. Hey, Bishop, the Lord Bishop. Oh, the Lord Bishop. But do you know even when God appears, Samuel, a child, was not scared. Samuel, a child. When he saw the Lord, God could call him. Even in the lost anger, Samuel could contain it. Today we have pastors and bishops that even in their joy, police and bodyguard will not let you get close. When you go to them, you'll be trembling. You have to run on your knees. And my father, who, who is the father of all, will tell, will tell Samuel, a little boy, and begin to get, he said, I'm angry. Look, Samuel, I am so angry with Eli. You better tell him. I will kill him. A small boy hearing that God will kill somebody. But he was not afraid. He only had, see, when you meet with the Lord, you, you, that will be what we call godly reverence. Godly fear. That will consume you. When he turned aside to see, you've been waiting for the call of God, but God is not calling because you are distracted. The distraction is what is not making God call. Because he will not call until you turn. The veil cannot be taken. Ah, pastor, I don't need to. What, what? Yeah. But you have been following somebody who is not your husband. And you are like a sheep unto the slaughter. You cannot hear. But you are believing God for a miracle. Until you turn and face God's direction. He won't call. You know what David said? I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be moved. So what I'm looking at is who? God. When I turn to the right, what do I see? God. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. 
and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. What do we need for the veil to go, dear brother? You look so gentle, calm, cool, and collected. And I sense the grace of God is upon you, and you know it. Yeah? You need to do more for the Lord. You need to get out and begin to manifest his glory. So much is on the inside. When the Lord called him, as he's calling you out, you, yes, brother. Huh? You know. You know. There was no difficulty in responding to say, here. He didn't say who is calling because he has been waiting for this call long ago. He didn't say, but who art thou, Lord? Like Saul, we ask. That's the difference between Saul and Moses. Saul, we say, who are you, Lord? What will you have me do? Moses, we say, here I am. A deliberate turn to look away from the world. Is it not the word of God that says the things that we see are temporal? But the things that we do not see are eternal. There are some things that we do not see that people will not see with you. But in the realms of the spirit, you can connect to the eternal treasures of God. Friends, Moses turned. The veil was taken away. Do you know one of the veil that Moses was struggling with? Anger. Anger. He can kill somebody with a slap and bury him and nobody will know. Are there not things, secret things that we will do that we think nobody knows? We do it quickly. We bury it quickly and nobody knows. But when Moses turned to the Lord, God made him a God over Pharaoh. The same man he was running away from, he became a God over him. The same thing that is chasing you can come under your feet when you turn to the Lord. The same thing you are struggling with, you can become a master over it. When you what? Turn to the Lord. Luke chapter 19 from verse 1 to 10. Oh, praise God. Help me check on your tape, neighbor, and say, how are you doing? It's from my heart. I want to know. I didn't say ask. Ask. Get the answer. Get an answer. Huh? How are you doing? Praise God. I need to be sure you are fine. I care about you. How are you doing? Alles gaat goed met jullie? Amen. Alles gaat goed? Praise the here. You know, sometimes we can, we can read the Bible and study and forget about the well-being of ourselves. Brother Hans. He's gone. Hans. Who got it? Good? Prima. Yeah. Amen. Mariake. Alles gut? Praise the here. I need to be sure everybody's fine. Okay, now everything is okay. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Because you care about me. Cares about you. 
And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Which was the chief among the publicans. Terrible guy. And he was rich. And he sought to what? To see. He, he sought. That was a deliberate effort. A deliberate. Look, he said this. I have money, but my money cannot help me. I am a rich guy. Nothing works. He was looking for a way to see Jesus. Listen to me. When there is a deliberate intention, Pastor Olu, to see Jesus, you will see him. He sought to see Jesus. He was not looking for Jesus to bless him or to heal him. He just wanted to know who he was. What is your reason for looking for Jesus? Are you looking for him because you want money? And when the money does not come after 10 years of being in church, you, you get out. Are you looking for him because you had that hour when you follow Jesus? Can't you look at Pastor Farai? The life just changed like this overnight. And I say, Jesus, I have been here for many nights, VGs. Nothing has changed. This man said, I just want to see who he was. And could not for the press, the people, because he was a man of little stature. Your spiritual stature is a determinant of who you see. You have not grown in the Lord. You say, you see, pastor, I just like to be like this. This man said, I have come to a point where my stature will no longer be a disadvantage. Until you come to a point and say, do you know my Lord Jesus? In Luke chapter 5, in Luke chapter 2, he said, and the child Jesus grew in stature. He grew in wisdom. He grew in favor before God and man. If you don't grow in stature, spiritual stature, that is a limit to the dimension of Jesus you can see. There are some things that he will not reveal unto you. He said, he will not, he will hold your eyes from seeing them because you have not grown. And the man said, he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was a little of a little stature. Yes. And he ran before. Somebody say he ran before. I saw people looking at the short man, short rich man, running. There was no car. He ran ahead. Jesus is saying, until my children are ready to run ahead. They are not ready to stay with the crowd. They are not ready to follow the crowd. They are not ready to say, but that is our sister, that sister in the other church, that's how she's doing. That's how people are doing. That's how that brother, no, 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 no. no. You get out of the crowd. Is that deliberate desire to turn that will motivate you and give you the energy to begin to run? What are you running for? I want to see Jesus. Where are you running to? I don't know, but I must see him. But what is the problem? Yes, I have not grown, but I need to run. I need to run ahead. 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 Under open heaven, I need to run ahead. He ran before. So the first thing that your burning desire will cause you to do, like Moses went ahead to the back of the desert 
And Zacchaeus ran ahead. If you don't run ahead, if you stay with the men of your generation, I am afraid, Apostle Peter, this Jesus can pass and your stature will be a disadvantage. But this man said, no, 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 no. I don't know much. I don't know anything. But I put my riches aside. I put my pride aside. My PhD. My, my, my diploma. Oh, I have the best husband in the church. I put that aside. I am the most psychedelic lady in the church. I put that aside. Oh, I'm the most beautiful woman in Rotterdam. I put that aside. Oh, I have the best house. Come and check it out. I put that aside. There is a more pressing issue. And that issue is, I want to see Jesus. In Luke chapter 12, some men came to Philip. And they said, sir, we just want to see who? There are times you don't you lack words to express how you feel inside. I don't want to see anybody. Pastor T, you have been like this for many years on fire for the Lord. I'm running ahead. I am running ahead. Ah, but your mates are not like this. Can I tell you? Many places I go to preach. When I finish preaching, ask my wife. Some pastors will call me to the side. How old are you? <laughs> then I was even younger. You know, so I tell them, here in Holland. Then I think I was 34, 33. Now I'm 37. Someone say, praise the Lord. Praise it's such a privilege to be 37. Hallelujah. And many times I cry because my Savior redeemed the world at 33 and a half. What have I redeemed? That the accomplishment of Jesus will humble you. Not this thing you say. In my family, I'm the first one with PhD. You are not serious. Jesus was 12 and was talking to professors. You are 40 and you are getting PhD and you are proud about it. I want to see who? Jesus. I don't want to see what you have. While I appreciate what you have, I want to see who? Jesus. What is the world looking for? The world is not looking for miracles anymore. Otherwise, the volume of miracles happening in the world today should have converted the whole world. Yeah. Do you know the miracles that the devil is doing now? Yeah. The devil is doing miracle. He's doing what? Yeah. When Moses put his, his rod on the ground and it became snake, the magicians of Pharaoh put their own too. So they can do miracle. The short man called Zacchaeus. People saw him running. Nobody knew why he was running. But he had one intention. People see you coming to church at four. And the meeting starts at seven. And they say this brother is too overzealous. He's always in church by four. They even have to lock him out. I have a brother like that in church in Rotterdam. The people have to call me and say, Pastor, can you tell this your brother to stop coming to disturb us? The brother, because they have to do their program there. Prayer 
prayer meeting is starts by 7.30. The brother is there sometimes 4.30 to arrange the place. They have to tell me. So the brother said, okay, no problem. He will go there and sit outside. In the rain, brother Esu will be in the sun. In the rain. Reading his Bible outside. The moment they give him the opportunity, he will run inside. Say, what is wrong with you? Somebody call him one day and say, ah, you are not from Nigeria. You are not from Africa. You must be the slave of the pastor. Ah, the brother said, I'm a slave of Jesus. What a testimony. People of God, if you want to see this master called Jesus, you need to what? Run ahead. You need to run? Run. Why are you running? Ah, Chidima, why are you running? He said, I want to see. Ah, why are you running? I want to see. What is chasing you? Adesua? I want to see. What is chasing you, brother? I want to see. See Jesus in your life, Jesus in your family, Jesus in your home, Jesus in your education, Jesus in you. For the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, time is running. Look at me. Running ahead is not enough. You may run ahead and be grounded. Jesus grew in stature. The short man ran ahead because he wanted to see Jesus. And what did he do? And climbed up into a sycamore tree to do what? Running ahead is good, but you need height advantage. You need to go above. For he that is above is above all. A man, John chapter 3 verse 27 says, A man can receive nothing until it is given for him from where above this man knew that before you can see jesus you must connect to the spirit you must run ahead to go above say with me run ahead to go above run ahead say to yourself i must run ahead to go above so that i can see jesus for he was to pass that way. Who told him Jesus was passing that way? His heart was burning. When your heart begins to burn, even the itinerary of Jesus becomes clear to you. What Jesus is going to do in Wakanega becomes clear to you. What Jesus, you will be in Holland. And what Jesus is doing in Nigeria will be obvious to you. What Jesus is doing in Kenya will be obvious to you. What Jesus is doing in Zimbabwe will be obvious to you. Ask my wife, there are days I just wake up and the Lord says to me, something is happening in South Africa. I pick up my phone and I call and they say, who told you? Nobody. Jesus did. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to that place, Jesus himself had to look up. Jesus got to the place. Nobody told him. He was not calling for the attention of Jesus. He only wanted to see. There is no way there will be a burning desire in you to see Jesus that Jesus will not call you out. No way. No way. Nobody knew what was happening. Only him and Jesus. You think Jesus has not seen you? He has seen you. When Jesus got there, Pastor Olu, Jesus has seen you. Your labor, your pain, your struggle, your challenges. 
Ah, he has seen you. Brother, he has seen you. And your effort to run ahead. Your effort to go above. Jesus has seen it. Sometimes it may be, he's still coming. Don't come down from the tree. The Lord is telling me some of you are on that tree. Brother, you have been there waiting for months for Jesus to pass by. You know he's coming that way, but you have not seen him yet. You keep asking, but when is he coming? Nobody can give you an answer. Are you thinking in your heart? I think I better come down and look for alternatives. Oh, please don't come down. Stay up there, stay up there, stay up there. He that is from above is above all. Hang up. The tree does not have a bed. You have to hang on the branches. This brother did not have a place to lay his head. No pillow on the tree. Comfort is gone. When you're on that tree, you have to hang somehow. How many of you have climbed trees before? I have. You know how uncomfortable it is. Sometimes you don't even know that there are snakes on the tree. While you are busy looking for mango, you see, you jump down. Perhaps something was coming close to him. Oh, have you been on a tree before? And you just feel something on your head. You think it's raindrops. It's the poo of birds. The birds have poo on your head. You take it out like this. Mm. You feel like jumping down from the tree. Wait on there. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Sometimes some things you need have not come through. Some things you have cried for. You, be you believe God for a child. You have cried. And you have waited on the tree. You have served. You have cleaned. You have done everything. And now you are waiting. Instead of seeing Jesus, you are getting people stoning you. Thinking that it's mango on the tree. I can see some children under the tree. And say, wow, wow, wow. Let's get that mango. And they never knew they were getting the head of Brother Zacchaeus. And I can see Brother Zacchaeus shouting and saying, kai, 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 kai. and they were laughing at him. Because he was on the tree. But somehow, Jesus came that way. And when Jesus got there, Jesus had a plan already. He had a place he was going. Sometimes, your, your, your passion, your deliberate intention to turn will make Jesus stop. Cancel other appointment. Jesus said, He said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Do you know what that means? He was almost at the topmost top of the of the of the what of the tree. That's why just quick, quick, quick! I can't wait for that. And come down for today. Did you hear in the afternoon? Now. Did you hear in the afternoon? Not tomorrow. We don't have tomorrow in our hand. Jesus said, "No, no, no! I have appointments, but your passion, your deliberate desire to see me." Not for anything. Just to see me. Who I am. Oh, Zacchaeus. Come down. Today. I am coming to abide. Can you see the word abide again? To abide at thy house. He made haste. And came down. And received him. Joyfully. Let's stop here. When we turn to the Lord, we turn away from our wealth, from our riches, from our status, from our position. And there is a hunger to see this King of Kings when you turn. 
and begin to run ahead, to go above, Jesus will stop and say, my son, my daughter, I've seen your tears. I've seen your pains. I've seen your struggle. Come down. I know the things you went through. Nobody was there for you. I was there. I saw sometimes when you are cleaning and you are crying because you are expecting some brothers to come but they have disappointed again. Oh, they say, Pastor, we are coming, we are coming, we are coming. But you never saw them. And while you are busy with pain, doing the work of the master, running ahead and staying above, Jesus is watching. And he has made up his mind to stop in your house. And he's saying, Chidima, not tomorrow, today, you will take me to your house. An uninvited guest, a man that even the Sadducees and the Pharisees could not get to their house, a man who never went to the house of Peter until his mother-in-law was sick, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, could not host Jesus until his own mother-in-law was sick. If Jesus was going to their houses, the mother of James and John would not need to come to him. He would just prepare a very nice meal and wait for him to come. The man that Thomas could not get to his own house to see his wife. Was brought, to, was brought to a house of a sinner. A wicked man. Not because he was righteous. Not because he was holy. Not because he was a bishop, a pope, or he was a disciple. Not because he was called. Not because he was chosen. But because there was a deliberate, intentional determination to turn. Savior, Savior, I can't go on anymore. Here, yeah. my why, Lord, all that's thou what's calling. Do not pass me by. I don't know about you today, but I see healing taking place. I see deliverance. Do you know that the master may not even be willing to heal today? But because of your deliberate passion to run ahead, he stops and says, be healed. Daughter, be thou healed. Well, understand what calling. Do not pass me by. While you play on, look at me. Look at me, brother. What's your name, my brother? Come. Something keeps attracting me to you. I don't know what it is. But I perceive in my heart that there, there, there is a mighty hand of God upon you. And there are challenges about it. But come, come, come close to pastor. Let pastor just hold your hand. It's not prayer. It's not prayer. Just hold his hand. No, 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 not outside. Just pray. Just pray with him. Just hold his hand. That what is happening to you is beyond. Whether pastor pray or not, 
just holding your hand. It's okay. Do you know? We cannot count many houses that Jesus visited. Even when Jesus had to go to the house of that man, that ruler, people had to testify that Jesus, please go to his house. He's a good man. He has built synagogue for us. The testimony of people was what made Jesus go there. Not because he, 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 he was special. I can't count how many people that Jesus visited when he was here on earth. He was too busy. Pastor, you are visiting everybody. It's good though. But I can't see that in the pattern of Jesus. He was more in the wilderness. He was there alone than with the people. Do you know people had to testify before Jesus would go to the house of the man. But here is a man who did not even have any qualification. Here is a man who knew in himself that he could never get Jesus to his house. He knew. He knew it was impossible for Jesus to come to his house. How many? Jesus has not even gone to the house of Peter. How can he come to my house? But while he was running ahead, his intention was not to have Jesus in his house. His intention was just to what? See him. And when Jesus saw the passion, the hunger, the effort, the sacrifice, the running, the climbing, the staying on the tree, Jesus said, I know you have not invited me, Farai, but it will be a sin for me to pass this place and not follow you to your home. Today, not tomorrow. Jesus, do you know as at now, sir, there was nothing about salvation yet. Because Jesus had not died. It was after death that salvation became possible. But before Jesus, he said today, where is it? Look at it. Where is it? Take Make haste and, no, no, go back. That, that one was good. Yes, make us and come down. For today, I must abide at your house. In other words, you will host me. You will experience salvation. Do you know with Jesus not preaching to him, the man said, Jesus, all the people I have cheated, I will pay them back. You cannot have an encounter with, with, with this open heaven. And retain things that are not yours. You cannot. Nobody will need to preach to you. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. This Lord has not spoken to him. He stood. Behold Lord. The half of my goods I give to the poor. You cannot meet with this man called Jesus. Under open heaven. And anything in this world will matter to you again. The things you take pride in. You want to give them out. The things that you think makes you you. The things that you think is why people are respecting you. That you are dying for. You are running for. The things that you think. Yes. When they see this new shoe. Everybody will know that God is with me. When you meet with him under open heavens. Those things you give them away. He said I'm giving out half of my goods. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. What happened in verse 9? And Jesus said, now this time Jesus is speaking. He said, this day is what? 
salvation was supposed to come after the cross. One man got it before the cross. Salvation was something that would have been made possible by the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. But this man, simply because he made a deliberate determination to turn, he made a deliberate determination to run ahead. Jesus said, although I will give it to you later, no, you will get it now. Today, salvation, come to this house. What are you believing God for? Savior, Savior. I can't hear you cry to him. Hear my humble cry. Why all does thou art calling? Do not pass me by. Can I say this? Your speed and your ability to run ahead is limited by the load you carry. When you have weights on you, you can't run ahead. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, I beseech thee, brethren, that you lay aside the weights that doth so easily beset you. And what? Run with patience the race that is ahead of you. Looking unto who? The author and the finisher of our faith. Friends, what are the weights? You are here. You have deep anger towards somebody. Is a weight. You can't run ahead. Oh, there are certain people you are not talking to. And you have made up yourself. I will never talk to her. Never. Over my dead body. Please, in the name of Jesus, I beseech you. That weight must go today. Because when you make up your mind to turn, you are willing to give up the weight. He said, come unto me, all you that labor, and are heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. Friends, you are here today. And the father has been telling you, ah, my daughter, why you cannot run? Why sometimes you run? You know, sometimes you gain speed. You run. Oh, pastor is happy. He said, my brother is now serious. After two weeks. After six months, you are tired again. It's because you are carrying load. Your life has been up, down, up, down. Your Christian journey, if we look at your whole Christian package, you have not experienced the glory of heaven because you have been what? Up and down. But today the master is saying, drop your weights. Nobody will drop it off for you. That man is a weight. He may be giving you money, is a weight. Oh, that thing inside that you are doing secretly that nobody knows, like Moses, when he killed and buried a man, it was a weight. He never knew. He thought it was a secret 
until one day he came again. I said, bro, why are you quarreling with your sister? I said, uh, 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 uh. we knew the secret. What you did that day is a weight. Maybe you have done abortion before. And the devil has put that weight on you. That every time you want to pray, you will hear cry of a baby. And you cannot function. Maybe you have done something that you think cannot be forgiven. Like this, my brother Zacchaeus, who was a wicked man. Maybe why you cannot function as a man of God, that you are, is because you thought that you duped a woman 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You have repented, but the guilt, the pain, the shame has become a weight that has followed you everywhere. That when you want to run, you run a bit. And while you run, Satan will have that rope. It's like a rope on your leg. He, he, when you run, he say, ah, you, who are you? Is it not you that went and do this? Is it not you that did that? And that has been a burden today. While we are singing the song, I see the master saying, I am carrying that weight. That when next the devil come to you, you will say, hey, are you not aware that when Jesus was passing by, he carried that weight from me. And from today, I am free. I am free. I am free. How many of us today will say, oh God, I have carried weights in my ministry. Today, carry this weight over me so that I can come down. I've been hanging on the tree. I need to come down so that you can come with me to the house. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door, sister, and I'm knocking. If any man open, does, none, does that not tell us that Jesus is not as far as we thought? Many times he's the one coming after us. He's knocking. Do you know that word, that scripture was about a church? It was not to unbelievers. Like we use it now. We, when we're talking to unbelievers, we say, hey, Jesus is knocking. No, it was a church that had air conditioner inside. They had good music. They had good motivational speaker and life coach and prophet. But Jesus was locked outside his church. And Jesus said, I am knocking. This is my house. This is my church. The same church I built with my blood. And I'm knocking. I'm knocking. And you have locked me outside. Maybe we are like that church. And you have locked him outside. You have said to yourself, I will do it my way. Every time you say, I will do it my way, you have locked him outside. He said, now I'm going to do the ministry my way. Since prayer cannot bring the anointing, something else will bring the anointing. You are locking him outside. Oh, if Jesus cannot give me a husband, I will get one for myself. You are locking him outside. Oh, tonight, you are going to see us we round up. We have five minutes more to pray this prayer as a song. While the song is running, and your heart is pounding you, your heart is burning, why not spend some time with the Lord? Just as I will. If you want to cry, cry. Nobody's looking at you. If you want to kneel down, kneel down. If you want to lie down, lie down. But the next five minutes is a time with you and God. Why on others thou art called? Holy, do not pass me by. Say.
I can hear you sing, Savior, Lord. Hear my humble cry. My humble cry. Why, Lord, as thou art calling. Do not pass me by. While I was preparing for this teaching, some two weeks ago, the Lord showed me a vision of a man. He just brought it to me now. And I saw a wound on his head. Not physically. He has been bruised. He has been wounded on the head. I saw sore. It was a spiritual thing. I saw wound. And the Lord just brought it to me now. That is healing you. He's healing you. You are here, a man or a woman, I don't know who you are, but you have that something that is really troubling you, troubling your mind, bothering you. You have tried to forget it is impossible. The Lord said you are healed. Do not pass. Can you talk to him? Savior, Savior. My Savior, hear my humble cry. While all others thou art calling, it may not even be me, but I position myself. Do not pass me by. Can we sing it one more time? Savior. My Savior. Hear my humble cry. Why, Lord, as thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Savior, my Savior, hear my humble cry. Feeling my heart, the Lord wants to give her rest. I want to give you peace. Make your life new again. I sense in my heart that the burdens are being rolled away. The last. And God is giving her joy. Oh, glory to God, Lord. Thank you for fulfilling your word. Thank you for fulfilling your word. Thank you for what you have done, Lord. Thank you for taking away the sorrow.
You are my savior. I beg you, hear my humble cry. Pastor Farai, why long does thou art calling? 